0: Well, we got some lost teddy stories.
1: Oh, that must have been a tough read.
0: Um, that's actually quite lovely, really, actually. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. that's good.
1: Okay. I'm in so a... here's a heavy, here's a heavy yeah. ending? Yeah.
0: Here's one from Susie, my favourite. I once ran a school fundraiser called Bears Big Holiday, where people sent their bears slash toys from around the country to our rural school for a holiday. And we all took them on adventures in our own community. They were sent home with photos and a passport afterwards pictures toting over 100 bears around the countryside. But then on the final day, one bear was missing. Backtracking to all the locations, though, the naughty bear was found in the middle of a hydrangea bush. They'd fallen off the miniature train ride. Aww. Aww. <laughs> but how cool is that? I love the idea of people sending in their teddies to a wee rural primary school yeah. and letting them go on holiday with kiddies for the school holidays and then, and then finding about their travels. I wonder if I could send Andrews to someone. That's my teddy bear.
1: This has just um, reminded me of, remember in like the early days of COVID when um, there was that thing that was like people putting teddy bears in the windows? Oh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and did that I is,
0: wasn't a fan. Of that. I wasn't like, a fan of the weird, the, the clapping story that you, and the-, the.
1: The story that you just told is cute and wholesome, but it was a little bit creepy. Like walking down the street and like, oh, okay, shit. There's a huge teddy bear just watching yeah. me walk down the road. Oh,
0: so um, it was a bit cheesy. It was the same as the celebrity singing Imagine to me. Yeah,
1: teddies often often cute, sometimes menacing. Um. Anyway. Kia ora, this is Newsball, I'm Emil,
0: And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. It wasn't the result we wanted. The football ferns didn't manage to beat the Philippines last night. But this week, it was my turn for some on-the-ground reporting. Get ready for some of my best and finest work yet.
1: Also, India is the world's largest democracy, but are some of those fragile democratic processes being undermined?
0: Something's been brewing in a New York City park for nearly two months and that something is stew. We'll explain a bit later.
1: And the otter terrorising a strip of beach in California.
0: We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. Well, it is a beautiful evening for a game of football here in the capital city. And I tell you what, if you didn't know where Wellington Stadium was, it would be very easy to find it, given the river of people walking towards it. And if you don't know, Stuff's Wellington newsroom is full of windows, and I've been watching people walk towards the stadium since about three o'clock this afternoon. And I am pumped. How many people do you reckon there are right now?
2: 35,000.
0: Okay, not right in this moment, but yes, there are supposed to be 35,000 here tonight. I cannot wait. Go, you football ferns. Just as a quick side note, mid-report, life hack, do not bring a handbag, backpack or anything, because the lines are so long if you have a bag, but if you don't, like me, straight in. Okay, it's half time, obviously not the result we want at this stage, but that's okay. There's still plenty of time, plenty of minutes, a whole second half, in fact, to turn this around. The atmosphere is great. Uh, I'm gonna speak to some people who are at the game and see how they're feeling. And by people, I do mean my boyfriend and his sister. Okay, how are we feeling? Half time, are we confident for the second half? To be honest, I'm not feeling that confident at the moment. I'm hoping that the girls pull it through. Um, Looking forward to them being down our end so we get a little bit more of the magic. Just want to see them pull through, get a couple goals. The excitement is here. A couple goals, all right. Big boost to Phil. How are we feeling halfway through?
2: We should be winning this game. Philippines had a, uh, a
1: mumbling average goal that uh, shouldn't have been. D-, D was a bit bad. New Zealand uh, should have had about four. But second half to come, we'll, uh, we'll get a couple there and get the winner in the 88th minute.
0: There you have it. Winner in the 88th minute. Well, obviously, it's not what we wanted, was it? Very disappointing. And that offside was just a whisper, what do I know? Go the football fans. We still have faith obviously, but yeah,
1: ouch. Alright, well, dust settling on a, well, an intriguing evening of football, really, in Group A of the Women's World Cup. Uh, New Zealand, of course, losing to the Philippines earlier on this evening, and now Switzerland and Norway playing out a goalless draw. Switzerland will be pretty grateful, really, to get away with that, with, uh, with a draw, considering Norway absolutely blasted them during that game. But, um, look, the TLDR, the group is still wide open. New Zealand currently sitting in second uh, on goal difference above the Philippines. Switzerland first, Norway bringing up the rear, but... Uh, Everything to play for. We could finish first, second, third or fourth at this stage. So, um, you know, keep getting along to the games. Keep supporting the girls. We can do this. Let's bring it her up. Here's a question. Would you eat stew that has been stewing or brewing for 50 days?
0: I reckon you would. You definitely would eat the stew.
1: It's a no from me. Oh, actually maybe for novelty. <laughs> I'd make sure I'd I'd eat it so that I could say that I'd eaten it, but I'd definitely clear my calendar for the next couple of days. We are gonna chuck something up on the old Instagram. Find us at newsableNZ. And we also have an email address, newsable at co dot nz. India is the world's largest democracy, but that is a position many commentators and NGOs believe could be under threat. The current Prime Minister, Narendra Modi, has been accused of systematically undermining the democratic system since he came to power in 2014.
0: But it's an issue that world leaders seem hesitant to raise, as seen during the Indian leader's recent visit to the White House, where President Biden was urged to raise human rights issues. Journalist Debashish Roy Chowdhury has written extensively about Narendra Modi, including a book, To Kill a Democracy, which he co-authored with John Keane. Welcome, Deb. What do you think Narendra Modi is doing that amounts to undermining democracy?
3: Well, the accusations against Modi are... Three. One is the capture and slow destruction of democratic and governing institutions, such as the media and regulatory bodies. Organizations like India's election commission have been wholly defanged and uh, the central probe agencies are now routinely used to target political opponents. A second big accusation against the Modi government is that he has promoted a cult of personality that is, you know, like him uh, all the way, which is uh, a more befitting a uh, dictatorship rather than a democracy. An uncouth amount of public resources are used to build up his image. But the most important accusation against Modi is that he has made Islamophobia an uh, instrument of state policy. In fact, You would be surprised to know that a project by the U.S. Holocaust Museum now ranks India eighth amongst 162 countries for the highest risk of mass killing. In all democracies, the interests of the majority are automatically protected through the process of elections. This is why democracies are judged by how they treat their minorities. And this is where Modi's uh, undermining of Indian democracy is the most telling. Is there much concern
1: about changes in India?
3: Yes, there is. Um, At the civil society level, many organisations are uh, actively opposing Modi's efforts to drag India into an illiberal hellhole. But they have had to face the government's systematic campaign to intimidate and neuter rights-based organisations. Amnesty, for example, has had to uh, halt its India operations after being uh, hounded by the government. At the political level, there is a substantial opposition, even if it can be too rudderless to meaningfully counter Modi. India's regional parties are quite robust. They control many states and they offer an automatic hedge against any monolithic tendencies. So they're now trying to form a coalition to take on Modi unitedly.
0: How strong is his support within the country?
3: I mean, Modi has a very dedicated. Uh, fan base, of course. There is a very core uh, Hindu supremacist voter base that he appeals to. But I think uh, the perceptions, the idea about his popularity is largely uh, overblown. Let me give you some numbers. In the first election that Modi won in 2014, his party got 34% of the votes cast. And in the next election in 2019, when he was re-elected, his party got 37 percent of the votes. Now that is not a huge number in many democracies, and also bear in mind that in many states in India, Modi's party is not in power.
1: In has the international community raised any? questions around this?
3: Western media and civil society organizations have been raising questions on what Modi has been doing. But Western governments are currently preoccupied with China's rise, and they see India as a counterweight to China in the region. Also, India is seen as this next big market, a major driver of global economy. So the Western governments are generally willing to overlook the Indian government's uh, human rights performance. This has been evident for a while, and this was evident during Modi's visit to the US when the American government laid out the red carpet for him.
0: Deepashish Roy Chowdhury, thank you very much for your time. The 47 day old stew chat bubbling away in New York is coming right up. But just while you're here, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, remember to chuck us a like and follow on your favourite podcast platform.
1: I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues.
0: You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse
1: numbers. You can
3: manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo if that gotcha journalism. Hanging
0: into the National Party's no, tagline right, there, that, 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 what, I think Chris that, that, it would be a resignation offence. If I didn't deliver
1: tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing if in there. On. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on.
0: Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We are taking you to the United States of America now, specifically to Fermi Park in Brooklyn, New York. And you may be asking yourselves, why are we taking you there? Well, it's because someone has been brewing stew... Or uh, stewing stew to create (laughs) stew for 47 days. Yes, we are closing in on two months of this stew being stew.
0: What started as a pot of leek and potato soup has turned into a New York community phenomena. It's called perpetual stew, and the idea is that anyone and everyone can show up to the park, add an ingredient or two, and then have a bowl. One of the head stewards, get it, is with us now from New York, Hajin Yu. Welcome to Newsival.
2: Hi. Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. Hajin, we said uh, that this all started as a pot of leek and potato, but how on earth does that transform into a public community stew that's been brewing for nearly two months now?
2: Yeah, you know, I ask myself that too when (laughs) when I've been doing these stews every week and last week we had like hundreds. But essentially my friend Annie, who's kind of like, the head chef, if you will, she came to me and was like, what if we tried this? And we just had, like, one at our house, you know, we're just, like, with friends. And we were like, well, what if we just, like, brought it to a park and just asked people to come and bring ingredients? And then, yeah, cut to nearly 50 days later, here we are.
1: <laughs> there's this uh, there's this amazing tab on your website, um, perpetualstew.club. And it details all of the ingredients that are added to the stew every day because there are rules for it, right? Like, so if someone shows up, they have to add an ingredient in order to get a, a bowl. Is that how it works?
2: No, we're not so transactional like that. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> a, bringing an ingredient is highly encouraged, but we're right. not like, oh, let me see the celery you brought. And they're not gonna want. kick them
1: out. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: No. No. <laughs> that, that is not uh, in line with the perpetual stew ethos. You know, the it's philosophy. all about yeah. a commu a com- stew or if you will
1: what what sorts of things have people brought along to put in the stew
2: people have been very nice about it i think a lot of people are a little hesitant when they first hear public stew and strangers (laughs) can put stuff in it and they're like oh my gosh like Food poisoning, LSD, or, like, whatever. But, you know, there there's, like, the standard stew ingredients. Yeah, potatoes, lentils. Yeah, we, we make the stew vegan just, like, for sanitary purposes and also just, like, we don't want anyone to feel like they can't partake in the stew. And
0: the definition of perpetual stew is forever stew. Yes. Do you have an end date oh. to stewing or will you go on forever? Are you now chained... The cauldron, yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Um, that is the question of the hour, (laughs) you know. it 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 is very fun to do, Stu, but also logistically speaking, it is kind of um, a lot. Also, with like so many people coming, as fun as it is, I think we are thinking in August we might end it, but it's not ending because what we're thinking a little, a little exclusive scoop for the listeners um i think we'll, we'll probably have people perhaps bring like thermoses or like some sort of like tupperware and we will instead of them eating it like maybe we'll give the stew for them to like it's like sourdough starter yeah, you know yeah yeah they can, they and it's can continue like, yeah it like themselves. so you know we're like ending it technically but we're also like now it's your turn we're yeah. passing on the the ladle or whatever.
1: It's very, very cool. Arjun You thanks very much for coming on and chatting to us about it.
2: Thank you so much.
0: If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you.
1: I'm familiar with this.
0: (laughs) Wow. This one grabbed my heart. It's a David and Goliath standoff. Sea otter harassing surfers off California coast eludes capture.
1: Great. Yes. Oh, my God. Renegade (laughs) sea otter. (laughs) It's
0: so naughty. So there's an otter that they've named Otter 841. She's five years old. She's been terrorizing a strip of coastline in Santa Cruz. She's been described as aggressively wrestling surfboards off of surfers. Wildlife experts have been trying to capture her for weeks now um, because they say she's a public safety risk, but no bueno. No, Otter 841 loves being free. She's far too sneaky and manages to avoid capture every time. And there's this really amazing video on the Associated Press website which shows her stealing a surfboard off of a surfer. Now, you might be thinking, how on earth does an otter do that? Otters are bigger than I imagine they would be, uh, this video proves. Bigger than beam, so like bigger than a griffin or a pug. I'd say same size as like a saucy dog, but not miniature saucy dog, like Dash Hunt. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I like how you have
3: like
1: a whole scale, which is just the size of dog. Like like this is popularly understood information, but no, I can see it in my mind. How about
0: like four bananas long? Does that make sense to you? How but you've got bananas? an image in your head now, don't you? Yeah, Four yeah, bananas yep. long. No anyway, right. so the surfer gets off a surfboard mm-hmm. and then the otter flips the surfboard. I don't. It, it doesn't even make any sense. But then there's also this other bit of the video which shows the wildlife experts like on their little expert boat and getting their scuba diving stuff on and chucking their net out. And then it cuts to this video of the otter 841 lying on her back with a shell on her tummy. Nice. Just like checking out the scenery. <laughs> She's kind
1: of just like, what's up? <laughs> she's living her best life. I like this.
2: Yeah. But
0: experts say it's really dangerous because, you know, she's, she goes up to kayak. She goes up to surfers, steals surfboards. And now people are trying to like purposefully approach her, which, right. isn't, which isn't good. And yeah. then other people are mistaking other otters for Otter 841. So people in that area, some people, obviously not everyone, uh, it's all getting a bit too close to comfort. On the flip side, though, there are people in eight four one's corner and say, mm-hmm. "Let her be." Yeah, but I suppose without proper management of the situation, she probably should be captured and then she'd end up in a zoo or an aquarium. And you better believe I will be booking a ticket.
1: Lovely stuff. Good on the otter, I say. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always rooting for a. This is like the Otter, Bonnie and Clyde. Um,
2: <laughs> anyway, that is
1: Newsable for today. I'm Emile Donovan.
0: And I'm Imogen Wells. Enjoy your day. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz slash support.